for tuning in to the 422nd episode of Bob Shop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I thank you for making me and this show part of your day, as always, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via, being recorded from Buffalo, New York, per usual, going to have great power for you guys, going to have Mr. Zach. On the show to talk everything NBA, we get into Kevin Durant. What's going on? Why is he playing so abysmal? Kyrie Irving, the Brooklyn Nets, Jason Tatum, and Emi Adoka in the Boston Celtics ascension. We also talk about uh, favorite first-round playoff series, and we have a discussion about that, which I thought was in-depth and great. Uh, and we talk about injuries that have percolated through this NBA postseason, whether it be with Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, et cetera, et cetera. So we get all that cover, all that basketball-wise. Now, time for my shameless plug. First-time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below. Specifically, if you use Spotify, you can click on the timestamps, and it will send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. Folks, it's for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at Nitrant underscore Lane. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane and you will find it. I post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show, Outside the Shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. For some odd reason, right? If you don't like the pod, then don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Mr. Zach. Cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Zach Willard, a.k.a. Mr. Zach, with us. How you doing, man? I'm all right, Daryl. How about yourself? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. So, you told me last week, the basketball OG himself said, defenders, they can't stop a great player. Only a great player can stop himself. That's kind of what you told me. And then we see Kevin Durant struggling. I that's think from, that's from that's from that's from an offensive mindset of a, of a of a person who played basketball and a person that can score basketball and a mentality in thinking of a score. I'm never I'm you ne- you can never stop me. I'm either off or I'm on, and that's the, and that's the mindset of a score. Is Boston actually stopping Kevin Durant? Now, you 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 put in the you put in the context of team of basketball. 
this is this is bigger than man on man defense. This is a rotation and a help. This is a rotation of men moving as, in unison, moving as a unit. The game plan was prepared to eliminate his easy easy shots for him. So he has four hands in his face most of the time. And when he's when he and when he's going from side to side, he has like six feet moving at, at the same time. Um, and you can see the deficiency. You can see the ineffective or deficiency in his game when you compare him to LeBron James. Even though I'm not supposed to talk about people that's not in the playoffs, but when he has his mind on shooting, he's passing up on a lot of open. He's such a confident shooter. He's passing up on open shooters that could that could that could have changed the score, of the, change the finals of those games, change the score of the game, or change the momentum of those games, or change the outcome of those games. When you over ten and one, when you over ten, it's time to start looking around and hitting the open man. Maybe get to the foul line, hit a couple free throws, but who am I to, who am I or who are we to? We just people in the media who expressing opinions. Uh, Kevin Durant has made scoring look so easy uh, because that's what he is, a scorer. Uh, he had a lot of good looks, he just not, not, he's just not knocking them down. Could it be fatigue? Could it be a nagging injury? Uh, people play defense on him all the time. I mean, but he's just he's just missing open looks. Like I said, it could be fatigue, bad legs, sore feet. He <clears throat> but I'm not I'm not I'm not taking anything away from the effort of the Celtics. No way. Don't don't get me wrong on that. I'm not taking anything away from the effort of the Celtics. But uh, they put him in a position where they they're in, basically in his head now. I completely agree with you, and I'll tell you this. This happened in game two. Kevin Durant's at the free throw line, and he missed two free throws. Now, that's, now that game, I think he was like 16 of 18 from the line, but it was telling. How many times do you think you've ever seen Kevin Durant just miss two free throws in a row? Right? I, I think... Not, not, not often. I'm quite sure he's in, he shoots in the high 80s or low 90s. Yes. Uh... I think something's off with him. I don't know if mentally something's going on. I, I think it's, and all credit to the Celtics, it's a, it takes a team effort. They have a second guy there right all the time. They rotate. They can all move their feet. They play physical. They are roughing him up. Tatum is also doing a fantastic job taking on the challenge that is Kevin Durant. But this is Kevin Durant. Like, this is a guy that can do it all. He has the handle. He can get to the rim. He can mid-range, three-point shot. Like, like, Kevin Durant has it all. So for Kevin Durant to be this inefficient, he's shooting like, what, like 34% from the field this series? That's insane to me. And I think that shows that maybe there's a little bit more than just the game that's going on here. And probably he is in his eyes. I don't know. In his head. And I don't know if he's thinking too much. And you could probably speak to this too. Sometimes when things aren't going well, you're kind of like, oh my God, this isn't going well. This isn't going well. All these things are coming at you all at once. And you're like, I should be doing better. And then you press more. And then you press more. And it's like, it's not happening. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. He's off. And, uh, Fatigue has fatigue has set in. They they ran the man into the ground all season. 
He played. He play, He's coming off a. He's coming off a Achilles tear, then a hamstring um, tear. Um, he played Olympic basketball, made the playoffs, came off Olympic basketball right into the season, played an overload of minutes, and now it's taking a toll. So does Steve Nash get the blame for that then? Nash cannot get the blame for the for for the breakdown of Kevin Durant's body. Nash has the only thing Nash has to do with that is the overplay of the minutes. But they were forced to play. He was forced to play those minutes because of they didn't have a deep um, um, lineup. Um, some of their players, uh, Kyrie leaving for COVID. Um, Blake Griffin, uh, um, his, his skills just bottomed out. Um, um, the Marcus Aldridge coming in from retirement, rusty. Um, um, so chemistry of the team is not there. Individual basketball, isolation basketball. Um, they're low on the assist rate in assist to turnover ratio. They got more turnovers than assists the last couple of games um, as a team. That's basically unheard of. Also. Um, Every athlete goes through it. Every athlete goes through it. You know, time, time, time catches up with you. Your body, your body is not responding. Your spring is not in your legs that they that they used to be, and they're fouling you, and they they're sending you to the line so many times that you know that they're playing a physical brand of basketball, and uh, you're working for every shot. No easy shots. So you think this is fatigue setting in and his body breaking down? And also the effectiveness of team defense. Not one individual. It's a team concept. And you talk about how important that is, that team concept, because I think everybody's going to say it's Tatum, like Tatum strapping up KD. That's not what it is. It's everybody. Can you just speak to that? Well, basketball is a... Basketball is a is a team is a team defensive sport. Uh, the expertise of some of these uh, basketball players and the effectiveness of some of these all time scores. Um, you basically at their mercy when they get the ball. So you you need help. You need to study your film. You need to read angles. You need to read which way he goes on his first dribble. His first dribble, does he go left all the time? Or does he take two hard dribbles to the right and come back with the with the between-the-legs move? Every time, it's his go-to move. You study your film on certain tendencies, and a little defense and a little cold shooting and a little fatigue ends up with being a low-percentage shooter and a tired and a tired tired basketball player and basically a one-dimensional player. Have you ever seen Kevin Durant look this bad before? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I can't break down his whole career. He's, he's, um, he's probably had a couple. He's probably he's had bad games. Before. Oh, let me say, have you ever seen him look like this in a series? That That's actually the he, better way to put it. He, he's, he's in a mix. He's in a mix. He's just missing a shot. Um, Something that we take for that, that we 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 take for granted his abilities, you know. So maybe not. Maybe not. I have to see him uh, play this bad back to back game. Um. 
So, yeah. Has there ever been a moment in your time watching basketball where you saw a similar instance to what we're seeing right now with Kevin Durant with another star player? Uh, yeah, of course. Of course, it, that's, that's how... That's how... The game flows and time and time moves on and and things change. You know, I I seen I seen I seen Larry Bird come in and and and, and treat Doctor J real bad a few times toward the end. You know, Doctor J punched him. <laughs> right, right, I seen I, I seen that. I seen I seen fading superstars, but Kevin Durant is not a fading superstar. He's a tired superstar. Um, at this point, he needs some easy buckets and some easy, easy shots. Um, he has to take what the team gives him. I would use Patty Mills and, 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 um, Curry on the floor at the same time. I would eliminate Drummond and, 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 and I would quit reaching with Blake Griffin and I would just go small ball for a while and see if I could pull something off. Now it's one game at a time, one possession at a time, one quarter at a time. They're fighting a losing battle, and they're running out of time. And they're running out of ammo. So Paul Pierce tweeted during the game, he said, Jason Tatum may be passing Kevin Durant on the NBA hierarchy. He did that hyperbole by Paul Pierce. Well, well, well Paul, Paul Pierce is, is, is a ball player, but he's also a hater. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, he's kind of corny with some of his some of his shit. I mean, you know, for real. But I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. I take nothing away from him as a competitor and a ball player, but he lets his personal feelings overtake his basketball knowledge. You know, that's why he's that's why he's on the sidelines now. You know, but but um, it's a conversation that I that I brought up. With a, with um over the phone with a couple friends of mine that uh there's levels to, to the to the um superstar of basketball and you have your A listers your Kawhi Leonard's Giannis is an A lister now LeBron James um Steph Curry A listers right uh Jokic A lister then you then you have guys like Middleton, uh, from from Milwaukee Bucks. CJ um, McCollum. McCollum, good, good, good point. McCollum. Um. Uh. Bradley Beal. No, another good, another good call. Another, another good call. And um, DeRozan. And and the, these guys are uh, B-list players. Compared now, you got the young up and coming players. Um, Trey Young, Luca's on. Luca's Luca. Luca has moved to the A list in in talent, but not in victories and not in playoff performance. Tatum is on is 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 on the way to A list with back to back. Uh, um. Back to back of uh, superstar seasons, um, Ingram is coming right behind him. You have two players ready to take their game to the their, their game to the next level and to the next echelon of superstar. 
You think Paul Pierce is just hating with that and not looking at the development of Jason Tatum? Well, he's also he's being. He's, I mean, I said the same thing, but I but I wasn't pushing aside Durant. I was saying he's moving up into Durant's level. I would never push aside Durant. No, it, it's not time yet. So you think he was being too much when he said that? That's too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're moving <laughs> up into his into his category, into his level, but you're you're not moving him away. Nah. Do you think, by the way, do you think Paul Pierce was hating when he uh, said that he was better than Dwayne Wade? Who was better than Dwayne Wade? <laughs> Paul Pierce said he was better than Dwayne Wade. He got, he, he got an argument. He got an argument. He can play ball. Paul Pierce can play ball with anybody. I mean, I don't know who's better than one or another. Man, he can play with Dwayne Wade. Of course he could. Of course he could. Um, Dwayne Wade was more athletic. And Dwayne Wade was probably a couple years younger. Um, Dwayne Wade carried a franchise, but Paul Pierce was a good player. He might not have been better than Dwayne Wade, but they're they on the same level. They're on the same level. I think Paul Pierce um, started winning later in his career. That's why he didn't win as many. So why do you think Paul Pierce is a hater then? That's a, that's a Boston thing. <laughs> That's a bullshit thing. You ought to hear Cedric Maxwell talk. He sounds like a complete idiot. <laughs> Cornbread? He downplays James Worthy. He downplays Magic. I mean, okay, he did MVP in the in the, in the NBA Finals. He he, they, he got a hot now. He was a good player, you know, but he's so pro Boston that he forgets to he forgets the reality of all of basketball. I mean, it's only one team in his mind. That's Boston. That's that's cool. That's cool for a super fan, but not not for not for a person who's brought who's teaching the game and telling other people about it. It's it's hard to it's hard to distinguish the team um, when you work in media when you work in media and you work in announcing and analyzing games. It's hard to be subjective. When you only when you're rooting for one team, I mean you can't be so obvious. But hey, that's his opinion. That's his opinion. I think he over. I think he overdid it again. But he's moving. He's moving in the right direction. It won't be long. So I'm going. One is twenty four. One is thirty four. And Father Time is undefeated. I mean, you you add that up. But for you, Tatum's arrived for you. Tatum has arrived. Is this year five for him or four? He was drafted in 2017? 2016. Okay. He was in the Lonzo draft, right? That was 2016. Right, okay. So this is his fifth. This, this, is, this was his fifth season. And uh, hey, he's, he's progressing at, at, at a nice pace. And he has, and 
and he has a, a player to play, a player alongside him, and he has a and he has a seasoned veteran with team leadership in Marcus Smart. And I do want to talk more about Taven Boston, but I still want to continue with the Nets. Uh, I, I want to give you this stat uh, as I was doing some Twitter research. So Kevin Durant in the playoffs since he stepped, uh, since he played Game Seven against the Milwaukee Bucks in the conference semifinals, nineteen of fifty-eight from the field, with seventeen turnovers and zero wins. So that just basically encompasses this playoff series. 19 of 58 from the field, 17 turnovers, and zero wins. When I say that, what do you think? He's only shooting 30 some percent from the field. That's you I mean that to me that to me that's to me that's that's where that's wear and tear. To me that's wear and tear. You know, that's that's what it is. I'm not making excuses for him, but hey, hey it's not it's not it's not he's he's over there he's overdone he's well done his minutes have his minutes have broken down his his um physical his physical abilities and fatigue has set in and mentally he, he's mentally challenged right now um he carried the team all year while hard was crying and bitching all the time coming to camp fat like a fat pig and then you get <laughs> Kyrie, Mr. Sensitive, he can't play because he, he can't take the vaccine. He can't play because he don't believe in this, he don't believe in that. He needs to come back and play, and then he can't play because he can only eat a daggone banana and do it a whole day. I mean, he's, it's always something with this dude, man. I mean, if we're doing, our, if we're doing an honest interview here, we can, we can speak on... Um, the foolishness. No, there's a lot of foolishness that's going on in Brooklyn. Selfish individuals in a team sport always breaks down the team. Now, I believe in religion or whatever, but if you're a religion dude or a basketball player, you, 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 can't, do all, you can't do all that stuff. He's little bony tail. He needs to eat before he plays ball. He got to be an exception. But hey, he scored forty or fifty during Ramadan. So if he scores seventeen during Ramadan, we can't blame. Can't. I mean, you look. He just looks weak. You know, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not knocking no, nobody's religion or nothing. But it don't. It don't. I mean, Elijah Wine was a warrior. People say Elijah, but Elijah Wine. It, it, I mean, come on, man. Are you serious? You're talking about another breed. Of 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 uh, playing with viciousness and 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 playing with intensity. Not not saying he that guy doesn't, but he was a physical he was a physical specimen, and and it's, it's no comparison. He was born into that he was born into that religion, so his body is more used to it anyway. He just didn't start that last year, two years ago, you know. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna give you one more KD stat. Uh, and this is something that I think is unfortunately what the narrative is going to be, and I know you probably won't agree with this, but uh, Kevin Durant's career in the playoffs with Golden State, he was thirty-eight and ten. That's a seventy-nine percent winning percentage. With Oklahoma City and Brooklyn, he's fifty-seven and forty-nine. That's a fifty-three percent winning percentage. A lot of people, and this is going to be the narrative. If they get swept or if they lose in five, whenever they lose, people are going to say, you shouldn't have left Steph Curry. Look what the Warriors are doing. 
Uh, you bought a ring in Golden State. What would you say to those people? Because that's the narrative that's going to be portrayed when the Nets lose. Yeah, well, most of that, most, most, most of that uh, comes with opinions of nine ballers. And I'm not talking about a person that plays basketball, tried to play basketball. I'm talking about a person who could never accept or or admire or honor greatness of that of, of an athlete. You Nick picking fine things wrong, of course. Uh, but it's a team game, and when it comes down comes down to it, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be judged by your team. But individually. Over those years, he's carried he's carried a hell of a load, and his game improved over time. And I'm not, I'm not gonna see him bash Kevin Durant about that. But the, the stats don't the numbers don't lie, the numbers don't lie. But the skill level is just amazing, you know. Um, he was he he sometimes you jump the gun in in, in when, when in your decision making, and uh, you know joining. Joining Golden, joining Golden State will always be um, you know, Durant joining Golden State will always be a controversial decision, and a lot of people didn't like it. And um, they won, they won one before he got there. Uh, then they they were up, they, then they came, they lost the three one series. They won one before he got there. They won two after he got there, and they haven't won any since he left. Now, if they win one without him, then that would really be like a smack in the head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, it will be, and people are going to bring it up. And, and yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess being this being in this profession that we're that we're um partaking in, I guess we have to talk about it. I can't, I can't push it aside. It is, it, it is a topic. Yeah, and it's something that's going to be talked because they're just a parallel, right? Uh, right. It's just a pair, and it's unfortunate for Kevin Durant because it does take away. People forget, you know, the only reason Golden State had that extra success was because Kevin Durant got there, and he's Kevin freaking Durant. But people won't talk about that. People are going to talk about how he left and how Steph Curry's doing with him, uh, and it's going to get into all-time rankings, and it's going to get all that into all that, which I think is a little bit unfortunate. But you did mention the Kyrie thing. Uh, what, what do you make of Kyrie's play this series? He's pressing. He's pressing. He's pressing, and uh, he's such a dominant. He's such a dominant ball player, and a and a, and a mind blowing talent that it's easy for me to sit here on my couch and tell him this or that. Uh, his skill set is uh, is unbelievable. His 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 results have not been unbelievable. Um, he's been an injury prone player a lot of his career. And um, now he's doing other things that's distracting from his game. Um, I thought he would have came into the series with fresh legs since he only played um, a total of like 23 regular season games, I think. You know, don't quote me on that exact number. But um, maybe 19 road games and maybe two home games or something to that effect. Um He's out of he's out of his game, and once you once you once you trail, and, and also in this series they're making him play defense. They're making him play defense. Um, 
he's getting he, he's ended up isolated on Tatum in a few post up situations, and he ends up getting in foul trouble. Um, he made a statement that I don't like. I've been on both sides of that situation. I've been a player and a coach. Um, he said he don't need a coach. And uh, was that said out of frustration? Was that his ego getting in the way? Or was that him just running his mouth? Because very much so they need a coach. They need a coach to position the players on the court. They need a coach. They need a coach that's that's demanding on defense. They need a coach that maybe go back to his old roots and go back to small ball. Um, I never I never believed in Drummond in the last couple of years. He had a few good games here or there. But overall, his hands, his hands are, his hands are high. He has, he doesn't have soft hands. He, you got to throw. He, he has to see the ball into his hands. Bounce passes, he can't catch. He can't catch a pass on the run. Um, and lately, he can't catch a lob. Um, he's a good garbage man. They can't depend on him. Um, they in trouble. Yeah. By coming out, by coming, by coming into a playoff game, that put them in a hole. By starting off the, on round one against a top opponent, they didn't get a break. You know. No, I completely agree, and they and they're getting exposed right now, uh, in every which way. When we talk about coaching, just talk about. You know, it, it's crazy about Boston. Uh, Boston's the two seed. Brooklyn's the seven seed. Last year, Boston was the seven seed. Brooklyn was the two seed. Just the. In the span of like 10 months, the transformation that has gone on in Boston since Brad Stevens went to the GM seat, kicked out Danny Ainge, and Ime Odoka took over Brad Stevens' seat. And what this team has come. Let's just talk about Ime Odoka first. Where did Brad, Brad Stevens go? To the front, uh, front office. He's the GM. Okay. Yeah, he's, I mean, okay. He's, 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 a, he's been seasoned in the NBA now for about five years as a coach. And, um, his personality is his demeanor is calm and he's more of a teacher. And um, step back for a few years, he might come back and coach because he's a good coach. Um, as far as as far as Danny Ainge, his regimented old old school behavior, his um, verbal his verbal um, tongue lashing, his sarcastic mouth, the way he treated the way he treated. Um, uh, Isaiah Thomas, I don't, I don't care about Danny Ames. Um, now he's just an old fat. He's a big old fat, old fat guy living off his old reputation. Um, Utah, Utah is hanging on by the skin of their teeth. But Danny, Danny Ames had a problem how he talks to people. Um, Danny Ames, Danny Ames bought a ring with the, with KG and um, uh, Ray Allen and that crew. He put together a nice team, P.J. Brown and Sarah Castells and all those old veterans he brought in and at the, at the trade deadline. He did some good things, but um, now um, it was time for him to move on. Udoka is a seasoned coach. He sat by. He sat with Popovich for years. Um, he, he sat by. He, he, he learned from Coach Adelman, and he learned from Popovich. He's been seasoned to be a coach. The improvement... Of Jason Tatum. Where have you seen the growth in his game the most? Um, well, he's on, he, 
to me, he's playing like the same same level as he's been playing last year. He just he just surround he just he's just um getting more done um on both sides of the of the ball. Uh, his confidence is through the roof. Um, his uh his go to moves. I, I I've, I've already scouted his go to moves. I can I can almost tell when he's gonna shoot, and um I don't know I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not gonna get into analytics or analyzing every step, but when he when he when he takes that higher step to the left, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. Uh, uh, he, he shoots his balance is better on that when he takes that one higher step to the left. Oh man, it's he, he, it's it, it's so smooth and it's it's faster than it looks, and 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 he's and he got such height and length, and his release point of his shot is so high. He's beautiful to watch. I completely agree, and and how he's taking on the challenge defensively too with Kevin Durant. I think first that's... team all pro this year. Yeah, he's gonna be All NBA first team, and he he absolutely deserves it, and he's showing next year big things. MVP conversation. Uh, Jason Dance, he's playing like a guy who wants to be recognized as one of the guys. You know those guys when you say Kobe, LeBron, Bird, man, he wants to be in that type of class, and he's playing like it. Durant. Uh, he's, at, he's he's at he's at he's at the age he's at the age now he's he's gonna be on this level for the next seven straight years at least barring injury thirty thirty one thirty two eight years he, he's 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 moving into the prime of his career does does Boston have the best defense in the NBA? defense in the NBA. It's, it's easy when you only got a guy or two people. You know? Uh, I like my I like Miami's defense. I like I like Miami's defense also. Um so I, I don't know if they have the best defense in the league. They they're they're in the they're in the conversation. Uh they definitely play team defense and they definitely have a dominant alpha male defensive player that that Verbally puts people in the right position. Uh, physically, he puts people in the right position. He talks people into the right position, and he he shows he shows through his effort that that he's uh, that the quality of his defense is something to be reckoned with. I like to know the percentage of the guys he, he that he takes on one on one situations. Um, he's a he's a he's an underrated rebounder, and his and his jump shot has improved. He, he's a money player. He's a he's a money player, and he's a he's a he's a veteran leader of that team. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and then kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're gonna talk some more NBA. Kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. So I have Mr. Zach with us. So, this playoffs, we have a couple people down 
that are hurt. And I just wanted your thoughts on it. So Chris Middleton, uh, he's out for, I think, like two to three weeks uh, with his little injury. And I think it might be an MCL or something like that. And uh, I, I've had friends who have told me that they think they wouldn't be shocked if he didn't come back the rest of the postseason. Uh, Bucks chances if Chris Middleton doesn't play. How does that change their team? Well, we just had this discussion a couple minutes ago about Durant. And uh, we're going to have the same topic here with Middleton. Middleton played NBA Finals last year. NBA Playoffs. Played the regular season. Played the All-Star game. Played the Finals. After the Finals, went to the Olympics. After the Olympics, came back to training camp. Basically been playing basketball. For the last 12 months straight, with no with no break, and uh, playoff time, his, his leg gave out. Same situation with Booker. NBA Finals, Olympics, regular season, body breakdown playoff. Playing a year without a year with no break. So now we, that's two guys right there. How do you think... Well, let's start with Middleton. How do you think Middleton not playing affects the Bucks? He's their, se- he's their second option. He can create his own shot. Quality defensive player. Um, well-rounded teammate. Of course they're going to miss him. You're talking about 20-something points a game. How do they repli- how do they replicate that? Um, maybe Portis maybe Portis becomes more of a um, offensive threat. Um, Lopez gets to take a few more shots. Maybe a guy here and here and there off the bench can come in and give him some quality minutes. Um, this is a chance for the guy from from Louisville. Um, Second-year player from Louisville with the Park School in Buffalo. Um, plays for Milwaukee. His name is, what's his name? Park School Buffalo. Oh, Jordan um, Nora. He will get a chance to... Um, Put some points on the board. He'll get a chance to get a few looks. He'll get a chance to participate. He'll get a chance to be put some get some quality minutes. So we'll see where they go. But those are those are the options besides Middleton. In terms of Devin Booker, how does Devin Booker's absence, hamstring injury, uh, affect the Suns? Are you looking at you looking at another guy who's possibly first team All Pro? So. He's a, he's a, he's playing at the top of his game right now, and he showed how effective he really was when Chris Paul was injured, and um, he took over the point guard duties a lot of times, and uh, he's definitely going to be missed. 
Great, good perimeter defensive defender. His open shot passes the ball. He's prime time. Too much basketball. He had he need his body broke down. You think it's a coincidence that all those Olympic guys are breaking down now? No, I don't. All right. Uh, next, we have Kyle Lowry, hamstring injury too, and he's going to be out. How do you think that affects the Heat? Um, they got they get away with the Atlanta series. But he brings toughness, quality offense, big time, big time uh, attitude, team leadership. It, de- it's definitely will, it definitely will affect them, but they have a variety of offensive uh, options besides him. But as far as game planning, defense, and teamwork, he's going to be missed. So Joel Embiid, he has a little thumb injury. He said he's going to have surgery after the playoff run. Doc Rivers said it can't get any worse. But how much can a thumb injury or hand injury kind of affect you as a big if you're getting the ball into you? Like, does that have any effect on his basketball game at all? Of course it does. But um, he's mentally not letting it take a, take a um, toll on him. Um, he's playing through the pain. Uh he has a natural feel for the ball, so as long as no one as not as long as no one hits him directly on that hand, he'll be all right. I mean, if I was a coach, I'd tell him to hit him hit his hand. How <laughs> you see? You've using some dirty tactics. Well, it's playoff time, so I guess you have to. It's not dirty. This is taking advantage of a weakness. That's a fair way to look at it. Uh, And Ben Simmons, I know you said you didn't want to talk about Ben Simmons, but I have to. uh, Because you know, see, here's the thing about Ben. I I just want to let you know. I'm not doing it. Blame all the reports. So so they they keep giving out these little nuggets, these little nuggets. It's like the rabbit that's chasing the carrot, right? And they're like, oh, Ben Simmons, savior. He's going to play game four. He's going to play game four. Do you think they should trot him out there for game four? Even if he plays or not, let's stay that aside. Do you think they should trot him out there for game four? Well, they already said, they, 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 you, you didn't hear the latest? They said, they said he hurt his back while he was taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say he hurt his back uh, sitting on the toilet. I don't, I don't know what he did, but between yesterday and today, he's not playing now. Oh, he's not. No, that just came across the screen a little while ago. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, but is, you know what? Is it really a back injury? Do we really think it's a back injury or is Ben just faking and perpetrating? Well, you, you can only get away with that for so long. <laughs> I mean, you're playing, you're playing, uh, they're babysitting him, they, they're basically babysitting him on potential. And it was basically, Guys like him that, that that made the game so difficult for Kevin Durant because these guys are supposed to be participating, man. At 35 years old, you shouldn't have to carry the whole team, but I mean, that's his position now. So I'm just looking at this right now. Reggie Miller says, 
this dude has zero competitive fire. You kind of alluded to that. You were like, does he want to be a basketball player? What's he trying to do? You think there's credence to that? That it's like, okay, is this guy really about basketball? Well, he's definitely not from the hood. <laughs> so basketball, I mean, he played basketball, but um, he plays basketball, but is he a basketball player? He does he love basketball? Oh, but he or does he love the things that basketball offers him? Um, he's he's yet to show any improvement in his free throw shooting, any improvement in his regular shooting, and any improvement in his right hand dribble. Um, so uh, I think I take you all the way back to high school, right uh, down there in Florida. Uh, I've seen him play a few games. He didn't dominate like I thought he should. In college, he definitely didn't dominate. He went out of LSU and went to sleep on the. He was sleepwalk, sleepwalking down there. He showed no fire. I mean, absolutely nothing. And he trans and that translates to his pro game. Um, he's had he's had he's had his moments, of without a doubt. He's a good dunker and a good lane filler. He's good on a fast break, half court offense. He sucks. Free throws. He's a t- free throws. He's a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, man. And uh, stability as far as being a teammate. He quit on you, man. I, I want to go to war with him. He couldn't be in your foxhole. So, Luka Doncic, he made his day, his series debut against the Jazz in Utah. Uh, they lose a nail-biter. How did you think Luka looked? He looked good, but they lost the game, though. I know. You know? He, looked, he looked good, but they lost the game, man. That, you know, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get how they lost the game. Um, but, um... The guy, the young, the young guards were feeling themselves, and they were getting more touches, and they were getting more freedom on the court. And um, Luca is a great player, but he's a little ball dominant, and uh, he took some shots from those other guys. But hey, they lost the game, man. They, they lost the game. Um, they didn't ease. They didn't ease him back in there. They they put it. He went came back full force. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how this goes. If, if, because I thought I, I I was under the impression that Utah had quit. Matter of fact, the coach looked like he had been drinking. Matter of fact, he looked he looked like he had been up all night trying to figure that out. He didn't. <laughs> um, it looked ter- he looked terrible. He looked like he was about to break down. Today he looked back to normal. He probably probably got some sleep or whatever. But man, the coach was looking the coach was looking frantic. Man. Um, the last couple games, Snyder. Uh, it's talking about breaking up the team and moving on. And it's wow. interesting when you actually mentioned this about Luca. I know in your opinion, Luca can be ball dominant. He kind of reminds me in Harden of the same way that you don't see a lot of off ball movement. Uh, 
he's dribbling at the top of the key, pounding, 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 waiting for somebody to set a pick. He's going to go or he's going to pull back and do a step back three. Uh, there's not a lot of movement. There's not a lot of swing passes going on. Uh, it's just high usage rate, top of the key, and he's just dribbling the air out the ball. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other guys have to bring out bring out more of their game, but man, what you going what you gonna do? You can't handcuff him. You can't, you can't handcuff him. Um, but you got to give the other guys a little bit more freedom because they prove they can handle it, and you don't want to blow this series. But Jason Kidd will figure it out. He's a he's a he's a he's a guy he's a guy's dream to play for. He lets his guys do whatever they want to do. <laughs> I mean, didn't didn't Woody was didn't was stinking up the gym. He still stuck with him though. I mean, shh, man, he couldn't hit the side of a barn. Then he then that third game, he got hot. Uh so I want to talk to you really quickly about uh, some of the awards that were uh, given out. Marcus Smart winning Defensive Player of the Year. What do you think of that? Well-deserved? I predicted that last week. Come on now. Come on now. Give old G a little credit now. You did. You did. You did. <laughs> you... <laughs> I just throw that one in there, man. No, we got to glow while we can. First guard to win since Gary Payton, the other guard who won after that was Michael Jordan. So if you think about that, that's been over 20, that's like 25, 30 years. Like, I think Gary Payton won like in 96, and Jordan won in like 87. So like, uh, though those were long times ago. Like, I wasn't even born yet. It wasn't even a twinkle in my parents' eyes. Like, uh, long time ago, long time ago. Uh, what do you think it says, though, that he was the first guard to do this in such a long time? Respecting some of the guards' defensive play around the league. That's a that's a doggone shame that no no guards has won won that award in all this time. You know, and uh, one of my favorite defensive players over the years was Tony Allen, and I'm and uh, ferocious defender, and um, he never won it. I, I couldn't figure that one out, but but Marcus all won one. <laughs> He played. He played. Uh, he played big time defense. Uh, he guarded three different positions: the one, the two, and the three. And he can help in the post. So he's always positioning himself. He's there for the loose balls. He scraps for rebounds. He's in his man's face. He's fighting through screens. He's helping. Hey. He, he worked. He worked for this honor, and and he called out his teammates in midseason and told them instead of just shooting the ball all the time and playing two against five, get us involved in the team with you and play some damn defense, please. Hey, they respected it coming from him, and you know what else? They would only whisper behind his back because none of them were getting in his face. <laughs> none of those guys are getting in his face. He spoke them up. He called them punks and told them to get in line, and they, and they did it. 
Or get out of here. And you can tell he's the lead guard of the team. He's the leader of the team. Oh, man. Jason Tatum is the best player, but Marcus Smart is the leader of that team. Smack that dude at Oklahoma State. He ain't no joke. <laughs> so, Scotty Barnes wins Rookie of the Year. What are your thoughts on that? First Raptor since Vince Carter, by the way. Well, you know, the Rookie of the Year was a two-man race, right? Yeah, him and Mobley. So, Kay Cunningham got some support as the season went on. But... He, came on he, came, he came on the last 20 games. Um, he came on the last 20 games, especially after, after he displayed in a, in a rookie all-star game and he showed out. Um, and, and after that, his confidence built up and uh, he played decent ball in Detroit. I, I say down the stretch, I say they played over 500 ball down the last 20 games. So I guess, I mean, who's, I mean, who knows who the hell they're going to keep for next year. I mean, you know, that, that franchise is a joke waiting to happen, but we'll see. But uh, he, I think I think that was a fair I think that was a fair award for him. Um, um, rookie of the year. Um, he had a, I mean he says he has a playoff he has a playoff team. Uh, he showed some leadership. He played defense. Uh, he didn't he didn't blow no one away with the award, but he looks like he belongs. And uh, congratulations, Scotty. As a matter of fact, you can send us a couple of tickets down from Toronto because we're praising you on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see him next season. We'll see him next season. Uh, he'll fill, he'll fill out. He'll get a little stronger and um, work on his outside shooting a little bit. And um, he's a ball player. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to get into a list I kind of compiled of the best first-round series um, in NBA history. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Sports Talk, we still have Vista Zach with us. So, uh, best first round series ever. I'm going to give you a list of some series, okay? So, 2009 Bulls versus Celtics. Uh, do you remember that series at all? I thought the Celtics won that, won that year, right? They did. No, no, no. This was, they won it in 08. This was 2009. They're oh, re- yeah. Kevin Garnett was hurt. They, they, lost, they lost to the Lakers. Did they lose that year? They lost to the Magic in the second round. This is the oh, year of the Magic. Right. right. But uh, Kevin Garnett was hurt. So they're without KG. So it was just Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rondo, and Perkins and all of them. And they're playing a young upstart Chicago Bulls team with Derrick Rose, Joe Kim, Noah, Luol Deng. And this game, and this series had multiple games in which it went into overtime and double overtime. And the Celtics somehow won in game seven. And they won going away. So I had that. 
I had uh, the 2014 Spurs versus Mavericks, which went seven games, which was known for the uh, Vince Carter shot. I don't know if you remember that, the Vince Carter shot. Yeah. Yes. The Spurs would go on to route the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. I have a series that I know you'll definitely remember. Uh, Bulls versus Celtics, 1986. Michael Jordan's arrival to the scene. Uh, well, well, did, did, did they, did, did they win, what they, what, what they win, one game? No, I think they got swept. Yeah, 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 because that, that's the series he scored the 63 points that Sunday afternoon game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are individual games of coming of age of players and things like that, but, um, Derrick Rose coming out prior, he was, a, he, 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 he was, he was amazing. Um, Lou L. Day played solid defense. Uh, the coach, was that before Thibodeau? Or, 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 I think that was Del Negro. That was his first year there, right? No, I think it was Del Negro's. Oh, Del Negro was still coaching there? Yes. No, Thibodeau got there in 2011. Thibodeau got there with LeBron here. Okay, okay. So he got there after they lost the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I don't think... I don't think in the history of first-round first round series, um, and I think I mentioned it last week, was that... was uh, was that Golden State Golden State series with uh after they defeated the Mavericks with Baron Davis and um uh Steven Jackson and that crew that was one of my most entertaining series that I, that I that I've seen um first round series that, that was that was Bus CTV um oh, that was some amazing basketball and the Mavericks were definitely the favorite. Why was that series so entertaining for you? It's the speed of the game. Baron Davis, Monte, I think it's Monte Ellis, uh, Baron Davis, Steven Jackson, um, Byron, I mean, these, these, these guys couldn't miss. And um, Dirk Nowitzki, Dirk was in his prime at that time, so that was, that, I think that was, that's, that, that was a, that was um, an eight over one seed. Yes, I think Dallas had won like 60-plus games. It, and it was a shocker because Golden State was like 42-40, and 40, but what was also interesting is the Warriors had swept the Mavericks that year in, uh, in the regular season. Right. So, so that, that, was, uh, that was an eye-opening series. And um, All those games came on the 10.30, and sometimes it's hard to stay awake for those games. But I look, I look for, I look for, that series is always sticks in my mind. I mean, that's not current, and um, neither one, and they, did, and they definitely didn't win the championship. They probably lost the next round. They did, they lost the Jazz in six, I believe. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. And so, so that was, uh, 
Um, I want to tell you another another time another time when um it was Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was in the first round, and um he made that he. I think, as a matter of fact, I think the series back then might, might have even been going five games. Are right, you about the ELO shot? Yeah. Yes, I had yeah. that on my list as well. 1989. Oh, yeah. Bulls versus Cavs. Yeah, that was, um, hmm, is that something? Well, I'll tell you. With this, with the playing game now, that gives more teams opportunities, but, um, I like to know the stat, the stats of the teams that win the playing games. What do they do in the first round? Because um, in reality, Brooklyn never should have even been in a play-in series. This, I, I would rate this year as basically a disaster, right? Oh, for Brooklyn? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes, the Kyrie was a part-time player. Kevin Durant got hurt for a period of time. Had to play multiple minutes. James Harden ended up requesting a trade. They got Ben Simmons, who we all question if he wants to play basketball. It's a lot of people don't think Steve Nash knows what the hell he's doing. It was an awful year. <laughs> the year from hell. Well, Steve Nash was Steve Nash was given like a. Um, like you can go to the park and you pick all the best guys, but they can't play together. Just they just play in spurts of one-on-one basketball. The only time they play together is on a fast break. They throw nice lobs and play and stuff like that. But half-court basketball, they struggle. Uh, Harden was out of shape. Durant was trying to do too much. Blake Griffin was a fading star. Um, believe it or not, that young guy Brown, Brown carried a low, carried a carried a load for them, and he's basically a very much improved ball player. Um, but got a long way to go. So I have a, I have a few more series for you. Mm-hmm. Two thousand six. Phoenix Suns versus the Los Angeles Lakers. This was the Kobe year where he averaged 35 a game. He scored the 81. This wow. was the one known for that game five where he hit that game winner. Uh, you remember that series? Is that the series with Is that the series where Steve Nash got his nose busted? Yes. Okay. That was that was that was that was, that was a brutal series. Um, Dan Tony was coaching Phoenix, right? Yes. Seven yeah, seconds or yeah. less. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 was, that was some good basketball. I can't remember um, exactly a lot of the moments of that series, but it was a very physical series. And some guys got suspended that series. No, that ended up being like the next series against the Spurs. Oh, okay. 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 When Boris Diaw and Amari got off the bench. Cause right. Right, right. <laughs> Somebody, I think it might have been Bruce Bowen's dirty self checking Steve Nash in that game. And you know, when, when David Stern said no players on the court who were on the bench, he, he meant that. David Stern meant that. Yeah, yeah he's right. He, he didn't play around. Yeah. We also, I also have uh, the 2015 Clippers versus Spurs. This was the series known for... Uh, 
Chris Paul hit that shot over Tim Duncan in Game 7. This is the defending champion Spurs, who in 2014 had just won. And they're up against the Clippers. That was a 3-6 matchup. Do you remember that series at all? Well, Chris Chris Paul Chris Paul was in Chris Paul was in his, was in his was in his prime, and, and Blake Griffin was a, and Blake Griffin was effective at that time, and um, that 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 their team their team suffered from injuries. I mean, Chris 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 Paul was magnificent in that series, and. And uh, the role players, the role players for the role players for the Clippers, um, was Jamal Crawford on that team? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yes. man, man, they 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 played good ball. JJ Redick, DeAndre they Jordan. Played they, they played up tempo basketball. Jordan couldn't buy a foul shot, and um, <laughs> and but he's he he hung on. He 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 got by on athletic ability and and defense. And um, you know, the first round, first round series are are the thing that elevates teams or makes progression in teams over the years. You struggle and struggle, and once you get past that first round, then you start going like the Cavs, like the Cavs did. LeBron, you know, the Cavs, you know, the Cavs and the Wizards was actually a rivalry. <laughs> the Cavs and the Wizards was actually a rivalry. Oh, you're bringing up the I, I know what series you're talking. Yes, yes, Gilbert Arenas, Deshaun Stevens, Deshaun Stevenson having beef with LeBron. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and Damon Jones. <laughs> yeah. Damon Jones was playing. Uh, Karan Butler was effective in, in those games too, and um. That was that was that was that, that was a good series, and those those are the things that that toughen LeBron up. That toughen LeBron up, you know, because you know, that was maybe like his second, third year in the league, maybe. Yeah, young LeBron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then um, the following year they went to the finals, I think. Yeah, they did. It was 06. Yeah, they went to finals in 07. The following year, they went to the finals. I mean, even though they lost, um, he, he, I mean, that, that was a, that was a tone setter for his career. Uh, he could have been a selfish gunner and just probably averaged 40 a game, but he, he stayed trying to get those guys involved. Uh, Gooden and, uh, and, uh, uh the guy that played for UConn, um, Daniel Marshall and all those guys. He 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 tried to get all those guys involved, man. That was the beginning of his. That was the beginning of his run. That was the beginning of his run. No, that, that, he had to take his. He had to. He had to get. He had to get roughed up to be able to handle NBA basketball. You know, and in eighty in eighty in two thousand and six, he was only twenty two. So he was just beginning. He's like 40 now almost, right? <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, it was a long time ago. 06 was a long time ago. Gilbert yeah. Arenas was still aging zero. I mean, that was, people forget for all the gun stuff and all the foolishness, Gilbert Arenas was a hell of a basketball player. Oh, Gilbert yeah. Arenas would actually fit the modern NBA fantastic right now. Yeah, he, he, definitely was, he definitely was a ball player. Yeah, he, def- he definitely was a good ball player. And, um, yeah, he was good in college. He was, he, he, you know, he made a few mistakes, man. You know, and uh, 
They obvious. They all they all known, but he was on his way to making unbelievable money and having a good career. So I, I have an, another series for you. Uh, this one's recent. Nuggets versus Jazz, 2020 bubble basketball. Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray. Well, I think Jamal Murray. I think I was just coming out party, and he's he's. But give um take this take this year take this year away, and uh look down the, look down the line a year or two from now. He'll be he'll be he'll be balling with uh, Tatum and those guys. He'll be in that level. He'll be how he recovers from his injury, but he has the ability to be on that level. So the Tatum and Booker level. The Tatum Booker Ingram level. Yeah, he he he's, he's skilled like that. He's skilled like that. That was a hell of a series. And 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 and. and I take you, you take me. That was that. That Donovan Mitchell showed me something, and Donovan Mitchell, for his compact size, man, his strength, his strength was amazing in that series. I mean, he was going to the hoop and he was scoring after contact like it was nothing. And that series ended in Game Seven on a Mike Conley open three in transition that he just missed. But Mike Conley has a. Has a, a bad playoff history. I mean, I remember he was playing for Memphis. They was up three to one on somebody in loss. I mean, Mike Mike Conley had a few bad playoff years. <laughs> yeah, he did. And but, uh, the the last series that I came up with was the 2018 Warriors versus Clippers series, uh, where Patrick Beverly had that one game where he quote unquote stopped Kevin Durant. Really, nobody stops Kevin Durant. And then Kevin Durant dropped like 50 on him. And then he's like, you guys know who I am. You guys know who I am. That put that series down for some entertainment value as well. Well, well, well now you look at... Now you look at... And that won six games, so a good 1-8 matchup, six games. Now, now you're, looking at, you're looking at a ball player who, 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 who made his name who made his name on being controversial... He, he 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 came out. He became well known for actually doing a dirty play on Westbrook. So he he was making a reputation as a as a as a rough defender. But um at, at that time and uh, once he gets going, he gets the other team going. Um, he creates a problem. But at, but in the end, he got the same results. At the end, he got the same results. He, they took the L, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, they took an L. Um, they're they they're, they're gonna always be a, they're gonna always be a target. And even though even though I'm not the biggest supporter of that of that team, it would have been very interesting to see if he stayed there and seen how far they could have went. Because the two the two rings in that then they were injured in the. The year they were injured, Toronto came and they and Toronto took the championship from them, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. It'd have been interesting to see how that would have worked out there and stayed each other, but that's one thing we'll we'll never know. Mr. Zach, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Uh, next week. Next week we 
this guy pool is, is becoming ridiculous. This guy pool from Golden State is ridiculous. Well, like you said, he's been learning from the master. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, I'll see you next week. And once again, I want to thank Mr. Zach for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 422nd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.